Welcome back to Ed Stories. This is episode number 16. And this episode is a conversation with Derek Warren, who's an assistant principal in the Greece Central School District. He works at two different elementary schools there. That's the way they have it set up. If you remember back to episode maybe seven or eight, when I interviewed Kathy Groutman, the Greece superintendent, she discussed a little bit about her experience with being an an AP in two elementary schools and Derek's living that experience right now. So it was cool to hear um, his perspective compared with hers and being an assistant principal in two buildings. That's a pretty unique situation. So Derek also worked in Hilton as an elementary school teacher in our district and also as an administrative intern. So I got to know Derek pretty well over the course of the past few years and it was really nice to sit down. We've been trying to get a podcast together for a little while now, so it's good that he settled in and he was able to come over and sit down. Uh, one thing I do want to mention before we get into the interview is that we did the, the podcast the day before the election, so you'll hear us talk a little bit about the way that the campaign has played itself out in in schools and educational setting, but we obviously didn't know the outcome, and it would have been Probably a little bit different conversation had we known since the the results were shocking to many people. Um, but it was uh, interesting to, to at least discuss how the campaign had played itself out in different educational settings. So it was a great time interviewing Derek. Um, Derek is somebody that I think is going to be a, a great principal. That's his goal to be an elementary school principal, and he's well on his way. He's definitely got the philosophical side of things down Um, That's for sure, and that comes out in his interview today. So I hope you enjoy this interview. Stay tuned uh, to Ed Stories. Keep your eye on it. Subscribe on iTunes or whatever platform you get your podcasts at. And keep an eye out because we have more episodes upcoming throughout the winter and into the new year. So without further ado, I'll turn it over to this week's interview or this episode's interview with Derek Warren. Welcome in. It's been a while. We tried to set this up. Yeah. I'm glad you could make it in. It's great to see you. I, I kind of thought today was a little bit timely, right? Right after the Giants-Eagles game. Yes. I wasn't going to bring it up, I, I, but you did. Yeah. It's my it's my best defense is to bring it up first, so yeah. I figured I needed to uh, point that out. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was a decent game. I mean, yeah. we did our best to throw it away, but you yeah. just wouldn't let us. Yeah. No, That's... we did our best, too, and you know, we, we came out the victorious loser, so. Yeah. Well, you know, but... for those folks listening who don't know, Derek is a Eagles fan. Unfortunately. I'm a Giants fan. Yep. And... Um, we got one up on you yesterday. So. Yep. But we'll neither see. of us compared to the Cowboys, so there's no. really not much we can say there. No. Well, <laughs> we'll see how the rest of the season turns out. Yep. So it's good yep. to see you, man. It's great to see you, too. How's it been going? Good. Yeah? Good. Yeah. I was, uh, um, life is busy, you know, as you can imagine. Yeah. So first year administrator. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm, I'm definitely busier than I'm, than I'm used to, but I, I love every second of it. Um, I've, I've really learned to kind of shut my mind down when I get home. 
you know, I am, I'm a big fan of playing Barbies now, you know, like <laughs> I immediately grabbed the Ken yeah. doll. And let's Who do this. Thought? Yeah. So, oh. you know, the, uh, the little girls are, are a helpful way to kind of shut the mind down when after a long day. So, yeah, I do the same. I try to do the same thing and separate. Yeah. As sometimes circumstances don't allow you to do that, but yeah, uh, the more I can separate work from home, I feel like the more productive I am in both places. Absolutely. You know, the yeah. more, the more, the more myself I am and the more effective I am. In Absolutely. Both. And it's yeah. definitely a skill. And, you know, I have the type of personality that wants to be all in no matter what I do. So it, yeah. it's, uh, it's something that I'm definitely working on. So. Right. Everything's a practice, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Cool. So how's the, how is the, uh, first, what is it now? Two months we're into the year, but you have been an assistant principal now for four months yeah. since the so summer. Since, yeah. So since July, mm-hmm. um, I, I think the summer months, they definitely have a very different feel to sure, them. Sure, yeah. You know, you're kind of scheming, planning, talking, um, visioning, you know, casting some vision and and uh, doing a lot of the systems work of just building things. And, um, you know, it was interesting this summer because I, I was obviously new to Greece and I, I didn't know the staff. I didn't know um, much about the district yet. And so I was really kind of getting myself acclimated and... Uh, you know, so the first week of school, it was really nice to be able to hit the ground running and to start building relationships and to, you know, put some uh, faces to the names and everything and, right. and to get to know what those systems look like in action at a little bit of a deeper level. So, yeah, but it's been it's been uh, definitely a progression. You know, I think I think anytime I, I had a really rich internship here in Hilton and uh but no matter what, it's like when you student teach and then, you know, you actually take that first teaching job. There's, right. there's always a bit of a learning curve. So, um, we've hit the ground running and I'm, I'm fortunate to be surrounded by some really good people who are patient with me when I, uh, when I right. fumble. Um, but a lot of reflection, a lot of, a lot of growing and a lot of, uh, first times for everything. So it's been great. Yeah. You have a practice. Do you have a, like a formalized reflection practice that you do? You do journaling or anything like that? Yep. What do you do there? Um, so one of the things that I got into, I, I follow Tim Ferriss, uh, the guy who did the four-hour work week, and he has something called a five-minute journal. And it's basically, you know, at the end of the day, you go in and you just kind of reflect on a few things that went really well. Um, it's simple. It's quick. It's it's meant to be under five minutes. And then in the morning, you kind of start your day with some intentions and um, some affirmations and kind of setting the tone for the kind of day that you want to have. So I try to be pretty religious with that and, and to mm-hmm. follow through with that practice. Um, as an intern, I tried to keep a reflection journal and I tried to do it at the end of the day, like, you know, three thirty, four o'clock when, when the kids left and I had a quiet moment, mm-hmm. but I quickly learned that that's not always feasible because that's the time where you're actually doing a lot of the desk work, you know, sure. uh, when you're running around managing things. So, um, I tried to do it right before bed and a lot of times in the morning, right after a little workout or something where I can just have a few moments to process my, my thoughts. Right. So you find yourself taking, if you have, you do you look back at them at all? Any of your journals? Yeah, I, I try to, do especially you? on days where, um, you, you kind of come home and you're like, wow, <laughs> you yeah. know, I think it's always good to kind of see where you've come from and, you know, the, the, just to look for patterns and to see, you know, just the way that you think and, um, right. how you've grown as a person. So I find that when I do journaling, yeah, I, I do it off and on. Okay. I find that it's better for me rather than going back and reading. It helps yeah. me remember things like if there's if there's things that I think are important or yeah. want to reinforce yeah. in my daily work. Yeah. Just the habit of writing them down. 
Yes. Even if I don't go back and read, they seem to kind of linger and be there the next yeah. time I the next it, time it I It kind of imprints itself on your brain a little bit of, at a, a deeper more. level. Right. Yeah. I think yeah. when you put something to pen, it becomes a little more permanent. Right. So you're kind of a unique situation, right? Yep. You're in two schools? I'm in two schools. Is that the district is set up that way? Um, kind of. So it's, you know, I'm in, I'm in two elementary schools. And so Greece for assistant principals, they have a mix. You know, obviously they have secondary principals who are um, just at one school. And then there's also a couple larger schools at Greece that have um, a full-time AP. But I'm at two schools, and so I'm split kind of half week. So I go Monday, Wednesday at my one school, Tuesday, Thursday at my other, and then Friday's my, I call it my crazy day. It's like a split day where I'm, you know, just trying to catch up from the week and, and make sure I, you know, kind of uh, dot my I's and cross my T's and, and, and try to finish with a minimal to-do list for the weekend. So Right. So on Fridays, you're in both buildings? Both buildings. Whoa. Okay. Yep. <laughs> How far away are they geographically? Uh, so one is on English, the other is off Craig Hill Drive. So about eh, 10 minutes, give or take, depending okay. on if the lights want to uh, work with me on Ridge Road. Right, right, right. So it's not bad. So it's, it's, I think you learn to compartmentalize. Mm-hmm. You know, the first couple weeks, the balancing of two buildings was, you know, a, a, definitely a bit of an adjustment. Um, I'm the type of person that likes to get my to-do list done, and it's time management. It's learning to budget your time, learning to schedule things, uh, learning to obviously reflect on and what's working in terms of managing the demands of two places. Yeah. Um, but at, at the end of the day, you know, the principals are great. They understand that um, you're in two buildings and two vastly different buildings, and so they've, they've worked with that, and they've uh, made sure that I'm kind of set up for success. Yeah, I was going to ask you about like the cultural element of the whole thing. So when you're in a leadership position, you know, mm-hmm. there's different wherever you're working, there's different subsects of that have their own different cultures. Like if you're in a high school AP like I was, mm-hmm. I supervised three or four different departments. Each of them had their own culture. I can't imagine going between two entirely different schools. I'm sure there's cultural differences between the two. How do you navigate that? Yeah, I think I think it goes back to how you lead yourself, to be perfectly honest. Um you have to you have to be a chameleon in such a way that you it's like a teacher right like you have to give kids what they need how they need it when they need it and it's the same as an administrator you know you have to be there for the staff with their unique needs and be there for the kids with their unique needs and the parents and and um you know with their unique needs so i think you try to uh be flexible enough and open enough that you can change your approach yet never losing focus on who you are and what you stand for um, and who you aspire to be as a leader, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. so it's a lot of, a lot of navigating and, and um, just meeting people and kids and different stakeholders where they are and kind mm-hmm. of navigating the course from there. How, how was, uh, how, how did you basically start in the same place at both schools and you kind of have moved along this, I'm sure you have an entry plan and uh, a things that that you'd like to accomplish at each place uh, are those you know you alluded to yourself being uh, who you are as a leader yeah. so yeah. I'm sure it's pretty consistent as to what you want to accomplish in both schools but how has that been that navigation been between the two different well buildings? right now to be perfectly honest it's all about relationships yeah. so I think anytime you're starting in a new building um, it, it's easy to want to hit the ground running um, I've kind of had the tendency to be an excitable person who gets real passionate about certain things. I couldn't tell. (laughs) Yeah. Touche. And, uh, you know, so I, 
I have to be cognizant of that. So it's really about starting with relationships and, and understanding the culture and understanding um, my role as an AP and how I can support the principal and support the building and, and moving forward with their, their goals. Mm-hmm. So, What have been some challenges along the way with that in both schools? Um, first and foremost, I think it's just a matter of adjusting to a new district. Um, sure. Greece, I, I'm, I'm used, I was used to Hilton and Greece is just a larger district and it was different to navigate at first, you know, like a lot of, wait, who do I call for this or mm. who's the person for this? And, you know, having well, to, it's, it's a, such a bigger system too. Is it that, is. That's gotta be a, a, a change in and of itself. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, Hilton prides itself on being the heart of the community. It's that, it has that small town feel to it. Um, and Greece, there's a ton of pride and it definitely has, there's elements that have a small town feel to it, but I think that has been intentionally created by the leadership team there, um, Mm -hmm. to make it feel intimate and make it feel connected. And, uh, um, there's definitely alignment and, and the leaders are on the same page and there's a lot of strength in that. But at the same time, it's, it's been nice because there's a lot of resources that are available when you, when you have a larger district, you Mm -hmm. know, like, uh, you know, the first day having, uh, Anthony Muhammad come and talk about culture to, to the entire district. So mm-hmm. it's been fascinating. It's been uh, definitely a lot of learning and, and, uh, it's been good. Yeah. Yeah. How are the schools set up? Are they community schools? Are kids bust in from all over the district? How does that work? So they're not quite community schools right now. Um, there is one school in the district that has, um, it's long Ridge. It is a community school, neighborhood, yeah. a neighborhood school. Yep. So they have, you know, a lot of relationships with different various organizations throughout the community. Um, there's, that's definitely something that's intentionally done though, trying to just build those relationships and those connections. Uh, it's important. I think that the community owns its schools. And so anytime you can forge those relationships, it's obviously a plus for not only for the school and the students, but for the, the organization itself. Um, so there's definitely a lot of relationship building that's happening. Um, another example is, uh, Lakeshore elementary. They're, they're working on developing this. They have this huge giant garden mm-hmm. and based on a relationship that they've, that they've, uh, established. And, you know, so kids are taking part in, and making this big gigantic garden and, and connecting, connecting it to their learning. So, um, it's pretty powerful mm-hmm. and it's exciting to see the work that's being done around the, that area. Cool. Um, shift gears a little bit. I don't want to talk politics, but (laughs) this is, uh, you know, it's been a pretty contentious election election season. There's all different levels of, um, controversy within Mm -hmm. the election, all Mm -hmm. different dynamics. And I'm wondering if those dynamics, uh, of this election cycle have found their way into your schools, whether it's amongst the staff or students or just the general culture of the building, whether it's affected that at all. Um, not really. I have to be honest, when I was an intern last spring at the middle school, I saw that a bit more with some of the kids. You know, the kids would mm-hmm. come around with their Trump T-shirts or, you know, yeah. you had Team Hillary, Team Trump. Nothing to the point where it was kind of an issue. But, um, you know, listen, I'm with the little guys, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right, so right. You, you definitely see it's it's something that's brought up by staff from time to time. But it's it's been very collegial and friendly and Sure. You know, respectful. Yeah. So not, nothing like, too, nothing too contagious or yeah. dangerous at this point. <laughs> I feel like this election more yeah. than anyone I can remember has just found its way into every nook and cranny. Yes. Of, it sure has. <laughs> of life, you know, it seems like everyone's talking about it one way or another. And, and, you, and you tend to see where the, 
the family stand sometimes based on the perspective of the kids. They come in and have their opinions. Mm-hmm. And I, I really think it's something to leverage because, you know, one of the big standards that we try to address with kids is providing evidence. So, right, hey, sure. listen, if you're going to if you're going to promote your candidate, let's talk about the evidence. You know, what text have you read or what's your information to support your your mm-hmm. claim here? So that's a good point. Any moment to leverage a uh, an essential strategy or essential essential standard. Let's do it. Right. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yep. So Election Day tomorrow and we get this kind of put it in the review and then deal with the the fallout of it. But it'll be interesting to you think see. It's going to go. OK. Yeah, I do. I I, I hope it does. And I yeah. I want to. I'm going to place that trust in humanity that it does yeah, at yeah. this point, and and we'll see. But I think that it will. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, 48 hours from now, this is we're recording on Monday, so Wednesday night <laughs> or Wednesday morning, we'll see. It'll be, yeah, we'll see where it's it stands in history. It's definitely going to be a uh, a monumental decision. Well, on, uh, and on the you know, for the people. And originally, you and I were going to record on Wednesday. And I had That's to right, yeah. I had to change it because I know for a fact that I'm probably going to be up all night Tuesday watching the uh, <laughs> watching CNN watching or Fox the or something. Roll in. Yeah, I'm not going to be able to sleep. It's kind of an exciting time. Yeah, yeah. I wonder, um, I wonder what it's going to be like. I know you said you work with little kids, but I yeah. wonder what what high schools are going to be like. Kids kids are go out, going out to vote. Yeah, I wonder what that's good, that day is going to be like. It's got to be exciting for for government teachers and absolutely um, us history teachers and even even school leaders who yeah. are leading a school to, through this election uh period just because of the high emotion of the whole thing well and it's our job to teach kids so i think it's the perfect time to kind of have the conversation and to uh teach kids how to productively engage in in discourse about this kind of topic yeah it, it's sad when you can't you know go to a family function without feeling like you can't bring up the Oh God! A taboo topic, you know. I know. Yeah, I, uh, family very close to mine is every time that they engage with one another, another over politics, it just turns into a huge argument, and it's counterproductive to what whatever they were trying to do in the first place. And it's kind of what happens on social media too, right? Like, when's the last time somebody was persuaded to the other side because of uh, never a, a social media post? <laughs> never. I don't think it it will happen ever either. Yeah. But you're a pretty you're active on social media. Do you? Yep. What do you find you're so you, I know for a fact yep. you use Twitter. And yep. are, do you use any other platforms too? Um, I use Facebook. I, I just got into Instagram a little bit just because it seems Me like too. a I'm lot of the same. world is. Yeah. yeah. I'm in the, I'm just starting to get in, into Instagram. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. But go ahead. I didn't mean to try. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, I'm not really fully into Instagram. I kind of. I feel weird sometimes posting photos, <laughs> you know, but sometimes you get caught in the moment and want to share mm-hmm. something that you're excited about. Um, Facebook, I use a lot to just to keep up with family uh, and, uh, Twitter, I use more for just for my like professional learning network. Yeah. Um, you, you see a lot of schools and administrators and, and leadership people that I look up to, they kind of, uh, put their stake in Twitter. So I, I, I try to stay attuned to things as much as possible. And yeah. It just seems to, it's my PD, I guess, you know, it's right. a, a mind numbing quick little read articles or whatever, you know, something to to kind of keep the, the juices flowing, I guess. Yeah, I find from I can get the best information from Twitter. Yeah, absolutely. At least that's the way that I've yep. created my experience, right? Yep, yep. Um, and I'm sure that there's an element of that on Facebook. My wife uses Facebook for the same way that I use Twitter, really. Yep. She gets, you know, professional-type information, yep. scholarly stuff, and you can find that on Facebook. I just don't have 
Yeah. I don't have that. My social networking <laughs> life is not set up yeah. that way. So, yeah, I get most of my uh, professional stuff from Twitter. Yep. And do you read the stuff on your phone? What do you mean? Like, I always find if I if I have an article, I need to, and I want to take it seriously, I find myself sending it to my email so I can either yeah. print it <laughs> or uh, yeah. read it on a full size screen and not scroll through it on my phone. Yeah, same here. I like to mark the text. So if it's something that's of real value, I'll print it. I keep a file though of just good articles that um, I, I used to get teased a lot because I was that guy that was really annoying and I would always send articles to people or whatever because yeah. I'd get all excited about something that was happening or you know some new strategy in education or whatever. And um, so I, I'm learning to kind of put them away for a rainy day and to <laughs> yeah. you know to save it for a time when it really counts. Yeah. So I also use Flipboard though, which is a good way to kind of organize your your uh, articles. What's that? It's a news platform. I yep, remind exactly. me what that is. It's, I remember a few yeah, years ago I tried it out, but never stuck. Yeah. So you go and you, you kind of pick your topics that you're interested in and it goes out and sends the out to the web and finds articles related to those topics. Uh-huh. Um, if it's something you like, you can flip it and you can like store it into a folder and then you can network with people and follow people. And, you know, so there's a couple people that I follow and, you know, they can go into my folders and I can see theirs or whatever. And we oh, can that's pretty share cool. articles. Yeah, it's kind of neat. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I, I figured I, I, I never knew um, that there was a social element to that, but that is pretty cool. If yeah. You have common interest with someone. Absolutely. You can read what they read, and, it's kind of, et cetera. It, it's kind of like Pinterest, but for reading, I guess. <laughs> you know what I mean? You could share and Oh, connect man, and... it's never ending. There's so many things out there. You just get you sucked have, in. You have to shut down sometimes, right? Yeah, well, I <laughs> feel it's like you, gotta, you have to pick and choose. Yeah. You can't because it's just too much. That's yeah. why I feel like I'm just dabbling with Instagram, like I said. I don't yeah. really use Facebook too much, kind of promote the podcast on there and mm-hmm. catch up with family every now and then. Mm-hmm. But it's really, I just... I use Twitter pretty much. Right, right. And there's – I'll dabble in other stuff, but it's just too I, – I can't learn it all, man. It's and good it, to know it. It's good to understand it. Right. I guess especially in your role, right, or my role where we're trying to lead students. Right. And uh, it's good to know what's out there and to understand where people are. Um, you know, we, we spend a lot of time even on Twitter, like promoting schools and this and that. But I found that a lot of parents, at least in my exposure, aren't on Twitter. They're on Facebook. Right. You know, so it's it's – you got to use it strategically, I think, and and have moments where you're off it. Yeah, it's it's crazy that that is. Um, I mean, it's really an element of what wherever you're at professionally. Yeah. yeah, there's some sort of social element to your job for the most yep. part. Yep, and especially in education, in the in the people business and the people world, there's always you know people looking for a good idea. They're looking to promote what they're doing in the district. They're looking to learn what other districts are doing and and what their former colleagues that they worked with are doing. And it's just, it's a new element to the game. You know, It is. You have to have a system to kind of process it all. Yeah. To take it all in and filter it. Definitely. Yeah. So um, you are, you're Hilton resident. Yeah. You have, how many kids do you have? I have two little girls, a four-year-old named Adeline, who's a preschooler. She's in the UPK program over at Village. Okay. And then I have a three-year-old, Olive, who we're crossing our fingers that she'll also get into the UPK program. The lottery. The lottery. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And my wife's a teacher in uh, Hilton Kindergarten. Nice. Yep. You guys, you Rochester natives? No, we're actually not. I'm from Fulton, which is okay. uh, just north of Syracuse, sure, yeah. and she's from Buffalo. Okay. So we met here, and 
kind of made this our home. No family. You know, my family's all in Philadelphia now or the Syracuse area. Her family's all in Buffalo. But um, we made this home and have a lot of close relationships and, and mm-hmm. people that we consider family Did right, you, right here in Hilton. college bring you to the area? Yeah. Yeah. So I actually, after college, I, I moved down to Baltimore, Maryland um, okay. for a year. And then I ended up moving here and working. And I got a job in Hilton. And a couple years later, she got a job here. She had student taught at Village. And okay. so we met at Village, ironically. So Okay, and then you just kind of posted up and I guess been so. ever since. So how long yep. have you been around in Hilton? Uh, since 2005, I believe. So I graduated uh, college in 2004, worked for the year. Then the, the fall of 2005, I started okay. as a fourth grade teacher. And you went, how long were you in Baltimore? Just for a year. Okay. Yep. Elementary school, Baltimore City? Second grade teacher, Baltimore City. Yep. Okay. Uh, right near Johns Hopkins Hospital. So. So how um, how accurate is the classrooms and school setting in the wire compared to <laughs> the way they really you are? You know, ironically, I'm right now I'm watching season four of The Wire, which oh, takes, takes right. place in in uh, the schools. Yeah. Um, whew, it was a it was a tough year. Um, you know, I was a second grade teacher. I think the first day I walked in and there was a fight in my classroom, and um, I just really saw a broken system of and kids who were trying to get their needs met mm-hmm. and look to school to provide some of those basic needs, um, warmth, shelter, you know? And so it was tough. And, you know, the school that I was at shut down a couple years later, but it was difficult because, you know, it, it was a low performing school, high poverty. And it, it just felt like we could never do enough. Right. It kind of brings me back to the whole idea of a community school, like how much that would have helped those students, you know, had we get, had we been able to provide them with wraparound services. And, you know, I know, I know that the Baltimore city school district has done a lot of work since then and, and has come a long way and, you know, has a lot of different approaches that they take, but, um, it was, a, it was a tough first year. It was kind of, you know, out of the gate, you know, yeah. excitable first year of teaching. Here we go. You know, you have that change the world mindset and, you know, you're immediately kind of humbled and you realize, you know, how tough it is for, for kids yeah. sometimes and what, what they're, stacked up against so yeah i had a similar experience here in rochester it was okay very similar um, yeah new teacher yeah. and you just you don't i had no concept of the size of um the system yep. that i was walking into yep. i had no no real concept of um the enormity of, of issues that i was going to be encountering day to day in the classroom outside of the classroom and it's just uh it's was completely overwhelming at yeah. first you have your heart and your instincts and you kind of hope yeah. that's enough and it's, it's very difficult, and there's, I've some of the best teachers I've ever seen are yeah are in the city absolutely and they, um they just fight that fight that battle every day and it's it's uh, it's tough to um to speak with them and and you hear the same issues that are that are going on the constant changeover in leadership restructuring buildings, uh, all that lack of continuity just. It perpetuates the issues. Everything that we know and understand that is needed, right? It, yeah. It, it's not always there. Yeah. So, but then you get pockets of it where you see what's possible, and you know, some like you said, some people that just really understand how to make a difference. And you know, it goes back to so one of the focuses that we have in Greece, which is definitely one of the things that really attracted me there, is Kathy Groutman has really pushed the idea of um, social emotional learning. Um, so it's Maslow before Bloom. Right. We have to take care yep. of the whole child. And it's not just 
we're not just talking about a character ed program. It's really understanding students, where they come from, being able to walk in their shoes. And, you know, when I was in Baltimore, and I'm sure you experienced it in the city, you know, there's pockets of people who really get that and um, make a difference for kids. And it starts with that connection, that ability to um, understand what the child might be going through and to be able Mm -hmm. to find a way to provide those needs so that the child feels safe. So, so learning can take the center stage. What are some things that you guys do to formalize that with your staff? That's a great question. Um, one of the, one of the things that we do is it really goes back to the efforts uh, with PBIS. So making sure that we have really solid structures and systems in place around PBIS and social emotional learning. Um, we have my one school, we have a pretty strong uh, mental health team that works together. And we do a lot of work around restorative practices, uh, peace circles, um, helping a kid to reflect. You know, I think of a recent incident that I dealt with where, you know, the child had made a mistake that kind of scared his classmates. And in talking to the child, we're like, how do we fix this? So it was less about the behavior and more about how do we fix the behavior? How do we go back? Because we know that people want to feel connected. You know, they want to be part of a tribe and in talking to the kid, the child decided, well, I really think I need to own it. I'm like, okay, what do you mean by that? Well, I need to go back to my class and, and confess. Like, what do you mean? Confess? Like, let's talk a little more. Well, I think I need to, how old is this kid? Uh, he's a fifth grader. Okay. So like 10, yeah. Right. No, excuse me. Excuse me. He's he's a fourth grader. Sorry. Okay. Yep. Um, I need to apologize. I'm like, okay. So how? What are we gonna do? Well, I'll I'll sit in a peace circle and and just tell them how I was feeling and and why I was feeling that way. And I'm like, okay. So he went back and just to be able to have that conversation. How how brave it was of that student, but his his sense of wanting to belong. You know, because the teacher had spent so much time trying to foster that community and trying to develop um, a sense of belonging for every kid, he was able to kind of go in there and, and, and restore the relationships that were otherwise damaged. So I think there's a, a big push for restorative practices in Greece and just helping to get to the, to the why. So, mm-hmm. you know, a behavior that we see is nothing more than a symptom. So right. it's really trying to get to the meat of it and trying to understand why this student may be acting like that. And I find that when you focus on on that type of response, you tend to um, have a much better outcome. You know, it gets kids communicating and, and it sets everybody up for success. Right. So. Yeah. Well, when Kathy was here, she was talking, she talked about uh, the community connections and yep. the community partnerships, some yep. of that that you mentioned earlier. Are you doing any of that at your, your two schools? Absolutely. So uh, one of the things that we're working on at my one school is just a relationship with Roberts Wesley and around some PD and um, just trying to establish some initial groundwork type things with them. Um, My other school, there's several relationships. We have a Monday tutoring that Hope Lutheran Church provides over in a a complex and for kids to go to. Mm -hmm. Um, And we have uh, Genesee Mental Health that's going to be pushing into the school at some point. So you know, that's a real benefit for students. Um, we have some, I believe it's the, what are the 529 plans um, yeah. that we're, that we've been working to set up with, with kindergartners and their parents. Oh, that's really cool. I yeah. never, I've never heard that being done before. Yeah. So just a lot of good stuff that's, that's yeah. in relationships that are being uh, formed and stuff to try to. Do you work with like a financial advisor to come in and 
provide those services for parents or a bank or how that I, that I don't know. That's not something that I kind of had my hand in. To be perfectly okay. honest, it was something that the principal had already established, and you know that's a good question, but. Um, it's powerful and it's kind of cool yeah, to see. Yeah, it's a really unique idea. Yeah. And you know what's cool about that too is that you're – by laying that groundwork young because those accounts can be used – they can only be used for college. Is that right? I believe so. You're basically saying like start your investment. You're you're investing yeah. in more than one way. And, like, what parent, you know? and what parent that starts kindergarten doesn't have that type of hope for their child? Yeah. You know, so starting that – igniting that fire right from the time they enter school, you know, and keeping that in the forefront that your child has what it takes – you yeah. know, it's just, I think it's pretty powerful. Like sends it's sends just, a strong message. Well, let's start setting up your college education yeah. now when you're yeah. five years old. We believe in you. Let, set, let, join set us. Set the bar high. Yeah, yeah, that's really cool. That's very, very innovative. I've yeah. never heard of that. I think it's something that pretty my unique. principal started. I thought it was great. Awesome. So, yeah. Cool. Well, where can people follow you on Twitter? I think we got to wrap up here. We're getting close yeah. to the end. But um, let that. me see here. So I am, I think I'm D.A. Warren. Is that correct? I five don't two know, nine. <laughs> Yeah, uh, D Warren five two nine. D Warren five two nine. Yeah, D W A R R E N. Right. Yep, five two nine. Cool. Is that your five twenty nine plan? You like oh, that? Yeah. No, that's my uh, wedding anniversary. Ah, okay. <laughs> Very nice. Nice plug. I remember that. Yeah. Good. Do you have to put it? You have to put it in your Twitter handle to remember. I, I hope not. No. <laughs> my wife's gonna listen to this. Absolutely not. Absolutely. I'll not. always remember. Absolutely it. not. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Well, it was awesome to see you. Yeah. Uh, hope same we can here. Do this again. Yeah. And we'll. Uh, we could follow your journey into into leadership. Um, hopefully, talk about some next steps. Awesome. You know, when we're here, I'm sure. I'm sure those relationships you spoke about earlier are, yeah. are well underway. But yeah, uh, we'll see what's going on a little bit down the road. So great. Thanks again for coming on. Great seeing you. Thank you. All right.